I've been preaching through the scriptures on the judgment seat of Christ, and tonight we're going to be looking at the believer's crown. And um, there's a lot to be said about us building on the foundation of Jesus Christ. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, there is no other foundation laid than that which is laid, Jesus Christ. And on him, we build our life. We build a house upon the fact that Jesus Christ is the living, eternal Son of God. That is, after we're saved. Before then, you're just, you know, building your house out of straw and sticks. But when you get saved, you begin to build a testimony and begin to build a house for the Lord because you are a living stone. And so uh, we thank God for the fact that we're going to heaven. How many glad you're going to heaven? But, you know, uh, the Bible speaks a lot about awards, rewards for a serving God. And you may think that doesn't matter, but the Bible speaks about it a lot. In fact, Jesus talks about it more than anything else about being stewards and being good disciples of the Lord. And so it's all through the Bible. I want you to open up your Bibles with me, please, to the last book in your New Testament, the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verse 11. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word, chapter 3, verse 11. Jesus Christ is speaking to the church of Philadelphia. That is the church that is about to be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. He's speaking to us. We are the on-fire church for Jesus Christ. And at any moment, the Lord could come and catch His church away into the presence of God Almighty. And so when he comes, the Bible says his reward is with him. And I'm excited about the fact that we're not just going to float around um, dressed in a flower sack on clouds in heaven. It is a real, realistic, spiritual, dynamic life that we will have in Christ. To the church of Philadelphia, verse 11, chapter 3 of Revelation, Behold, I come quickly... That word quickly means suddenly. Hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy, what? Crown. Hold fast. Hang on. Don't let it go. Hang on that no man would take your crown. This judgment will begin at the judgment seat of Christ for the believer. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, and Romans chapter 14, verse 10, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And that is speaking to you and I that have been blood washed. Now go to the last chapter of Revelation, very last chapter, chapter 22. And let's see what God is saying. Uh, chapter 22 talks about verse 12. And behold, I come quickly. That means suddenly. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Now notice he doesn't say according as his work is, but according as his work shall be, the quality of his work. And when Jesus comes, he'll come with his reward. I want to use for a subject tonight the believer's crown. There are, you may be seated, there are five crowns mentioned in the Bible, that the believer can obtain. 
The first crown is an incorruptible crown. The second is the crown of righteousness. The third is the crown of rejoicing. The fourth is the crown of life. And the fifth is the crown of glory. We're going to look at these five crowns and see what the Lord says about each one of these dynamic crowns. There's a lot of gifts that the Lord will bring. We read in Revelation chapter 2 and 3. We read about the white stone. And God's going to put a new name on that white stone and give it to us if we meet the qualifications. I think that name will be a pet name that Jesus will have for us. That white stone will be incredible, absolutely awesome. And that's one of the gifts that you'll see. It also talks about the gift of eating the manna. You know, the Jews got to where they, they were disgusted with the manna that came down from heaven. Well, I'd just, I just like to try my shot at it. I'd like to taste some of it because it's called angel food. Amen? And if it's even close to angel cake, I want it. Amen? Angel food. The Bible says we'll be given access to the tree of life. The Bible says that we will have a crown of life if we endure. And so we're, you know, there's a lot of, did you know in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, our bodies will be different from each other's? Did you know that? You say, well, prove that to me. Well, look around. Your body's different from each other here. And if God gives it an incorruptible body and changes our bodies, we will be changed in quite a, quite a difference in our look. But we'll all resemble Jesus Christ, because we'll be like him when he comes. Amen? But 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that some of us will shine brighter than others. Some of us will have a different glory than others. Our bodies will be different. That is according to our works, according to our standing for God. Notice the two verses in Revelation. He says, I come quickly or suddenly. And, you know, through the years, you know, I... I never dreamed that I'd ever be as old as I am right now. In fact, I thought it would take a lot longer for me to be this old. I'm just being honest. The Lord's going to come at any moment. If he doesn't come, I'll go to him. You will too. And did you know that's pretty quickly too and pretty sudden as well. And we want to go not just by the skin of our teeth because your teeth don't have no skin. We want to go to heaven by the blood and the righteousness and the power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, someone said to me, well, I'm going to go to heaven on your coattail. I said, no, you're not. I'm going in start naked. No one's going to ride in on my coattail. But the Bible talks about the believer's crown. So much that Jesus Christ said to the late, the last church that you were to Make sure that no man took or was to take your crown. We're living in a day a lot of Christians are washing out. When I mean washing out, I don't mean that in a good sense. We're living in a day where preachers are giving up. We're living in a day where people are giving up on the return of Jesus Christ because it's such a pressure, uh, pressure cooker down here on planet Earth. We're living in a day that people go into Bible colleges and come out atheists. 
We're looking at a day where people are kind of losing their, their desire and their respect and their, their um, desire, deep uh, expression to serve the Lord. We're weighted down so hard and so heavy with the things of this life. And so Jesus Christ tells the, tells the church of Ozark Full Gospel Church, only it went by the name of Philadelphia in the scriptures here, hold fast thy crown. That means hang on. Don't let go of your crown. Now, it must be important if Jesus Christ said, hang on to what you have. It must be important if Jesus Christ, and he did say, hang on to your crown. So if he tells us to hang on to our crown, that nobody, take it, nobody takes it from us, then we need to understand nothing in this world should keep us from hanging on to the blessings of God, the goodness of God, the strength of God. Don't let go. You say, I got a little strength. Don't let go of what little strength you have. You say, I, I, I'm struggling. Don't let go. Hold on because Jesus Christ, when he comes, he will come suddenly, quickly. He'll come and he'll bring his reward with him when he comes. The believer's crown. We're going to be looking at the believer's crown. And I want to look at all five of these crowns because since Jesus Christ said, don't let any man take your crown, then I think it's important that we see what the crowns are. So go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And we're going to look at the first crown that we want to talk about. And that is the incorruptible crown. The incorruptible crown is an amazing thing when you stop and think about it. In, in biblical, um, when I say biblical days, we are living in biblical days, but you go back in the times of Rome, the Colosseums, and the, the, uh, what we would call their Olympics, and they would race and they'd run, and the winner would get one of these, well, to kind of put it you know, bluntly, they'd get these grass crowns, these, these, these plant crowns, these wreaths, and they would be put upon them. Now, in our day, if, you know, the, the Olympics, they, they, they uh, fight and, and, and work and, and, and challenge for the um, gold and, uh, medal or the silver medal or the bronze medal, and when they win that, they put it around their neck. It, the medal's down on their chest. They put it around their neck. And there's a lot of people that teach that these five crowns is just, just that, only it's an incorruptible crown. I don't think so, because according to the fourth chapter of Revelation, the elders laid their crown at the feet of Jesus Christ. And you just don't lay down something that's attached to a string at the feet of Jesus Christ. It's a literal crown, an amazing crown. And it's called an incorruptible crown. What does that mean? It means it will not fade away. It means it will not expire. It means it is eternal. It'll be a crown one million trillion years from now. It'll be a crown. It'll be a crown after time has washed away. It'll be a crown. And the Bible says that we can obtain an incorruptible crown. Everybody else would strive, run the race to obtain a corruptible crown. 
Notice verse 24 of chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they that do, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible crown. Notice it says, therefore, we are to so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. So he's talking about the incorruptible crown that we can obtain. What is this incorruptible crown? How do we keep this incorruptible crown? We never give up. If you give up on Jesus, you're going to lose your incorruptible crown. We never give up. It is we keep ourselves fit. Athletes keep themselves fit. And we as Christians should not be entangled with the affairs of this world, but be committed to the things of God. Notice the scripture says that they all run, but only one gets the prize. I got some good news for everybody in this room. You're running your own race and no one's running against you. That's pretty cool. That means everybody in this room can win. You might win slow, but if you stay on the running, you'll win. You may not be the fastest among us, but as long as you run and not give up, you get the incorruptible crown. See, we're not running. I'm not running against Jerry. He'd leave me in the cloud of dust, leave me behind. I mean, he's healthy and powerful. I'm all beat up. But, you know, God has given us a special race. Each one of us have a race. Each one of us have an obstacle course that we have to run. Your um, adversities many times will be different than mine. Your obstructions, those things that you come across are different than mine. We each one have our own difficulties. We each one have our own pressures. And the only thing that will keep us from obtaining an incorruptible crown that you sit down and give up. Just keep running. Just keep serving to God. Just keep praying. Just keep going to church. Keep reading your Bible. Keep loving God. Keep believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Keep loving Jesus Christ. Keep honoring Jesus Christ. And every slow person in this room can win. Because you're not running against me. You're running against your flesh, yourself. You're going to stay on the running and you're going to honor God and you're going to give him praise. And Paul says, I don't want to be a castaway. Paul says, I don't want to be a washout. I want to be faithful to the end. And he was. When Nero severed his neck and his head fell in that wicker basket, Paul was in the hands of Jesus Christ. Hello. And so we need to understand, you maybe are not the best Christian in this room. And that's not up for debate. You may not be the best Christian in the world, but you're God's child. And God has given you a race to run, not against me, 
not against your neighbor. God has given you a race to run to discipline yourself and discipline your walk with God because the incorruptible crown is given to those that never give up. I intend to get the incorruptible crown. How many in this room intend to be awarded the incorruptible crown? Amen. That's one, that's one crown that every one of us can obtain is an incorruptible crown. Now let's go to the next crown. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4, verse 8, and this is the crown of righteousness. Now I can almost hear someone say right now, oh brother, I'm not righteous. But you need to understand that Paul um, defines this crown of righteousness. It's not what you think. Well, bless God, you know, I got to be perfect, walk the chalk, and be careful. That's not what he's talking about. Notice in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, for I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, you, you and I, all them, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Isn't that beautiful? Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Love his appearing. We, we can get that crown. I see another crown that everyone in this room can get. You just got to be turned on that Jesus is coming. You just got to be filled with excitement and energy that Jesus Christ is coming. And if you're filled with the excitement that Jesus Christ is coming, it's called the blessed hope in the book of Titus. And looking for that blessed hope, uh, our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we, we look at this and we understand that in Titus 2.13, let's look at Titus 2.13, just flip a page, you're there. Titus 2.13, we'll look at verse 11, 12, and 13. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in, sweet, in this present world, looking for that blessed hope, that glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You want the crown of righteousness? It's not you being um, overcoming all of the do's and don'ts of life. You want the crown of righteousness? It is given to you through your heartbeat and throb and desire for Jesus Christ to come. Your love for Jesus Christ. You're looking for the blessed hope. You're, you know, you're turned on about Jesus Christ coming. How many of you turned on about Jesus Christ coming? How many of you believe that Jesus Christ could come any moment? Well, he could. And someone says, yeah, but it's been a long time. Well, whenever it does happen, it's going to be suddenly and you're going to be startled. Suddenly. The Lord will come. That's the crown of righteousness. And all of us can get that crown 
if we love his appearing. You know, people that don't love his appearing are too busy to go to, they're too busy to go to church. People that don't love his appearing, they're too busy to serve God. People that do not love his appearing, they are people that, that put other things ahead of God. But people that love his appearing, they will receive a crown of righteousness. Isn't that beautiful? I don't know about you, but I've done preach myself happy. Amen. Not crazy, just happy. The third crown is the crown of rejoicing. Go with me to Philippians 4, verse 1, the crown, the crown of rejoicing. And notice it says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and my crown. Paul says, You are my joy and my crown. So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19. I want you to notice this is a beautiful statement. For what is our hope or joy or crown of what? Rejoicing. Are not even we in the presence of our Lord Savior Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory and our joy. So what is the crown of rejoicing? The crown of rejoicing is the beautiful love of people that want to see others come to Christ. Paul said to uh, the Philippians, to Philippian uh, people, that they were his crown. They were the joy of his crown. The crown of rejoicing is people that want to reach others, people that desire to reach others for Christ. It's pretty much a soul winner's crown. It's when we help others come to know Jesus Christ. You say, well, I, I don't know whether I can get that crown or not. Did you know you can invite someone to church? That's pretty easy to do. And if the Spirit of God's tugging them to church and they come to church and they get saved, there you go. Get a crown of rejoicing. You get to heaven and realize, praise God, you, weren't, you didn't get there just you and Jesus alone. You got there because others came because of you. The crown of rejoicing. Hello. I, the one thing that I've noticed in the church world today, they still haven't lost their joy when someone gets saved. I've noticed that. I've noticed even as weak and anemic as the church has gotten across the land, they still, people still get excited when someone gets saved. It's called the crown of rejoicing. Amen. Hello. The crown of rejoicing. I, I, I love leading others to Christ. I love being a church to seeing people get saved. Now let's look at the crown of life. And we'll go back to Revelation chapter 2 and find the crown of life. Did you know that all three of these crowns that I've mentioned, the incorruptible crown, the crown of righteousness, the crown of rejoicing, did you know all three of them each one of us could get? Each one of us could obtain those three crowns. There's people in this room right now saying, I'll never have a crown. I'll never have a crown. Just not me, I'll never have a crown. Well, if you read the scriptures and see it for what it says, you'll have to say that you can obtain a crown. That's why the Bible says that let no man take your crown. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10. 
we find the crown of life. This verse is giving to uh, the church of Smyrna. Smyrna is, is named after myrrh. It was, a, it was a little church that was being martyred. People were dying. They were being killed for their stand for Christ. It was, a, it was a church that was in poverty, a church that was under persecution. And Jesus Christ says to Smyrna, Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried, and you shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Now, I'm going to show you something that maybe we miss in reading this. Uh, the church of Smyrna, in its greatest height of martyrdom and, and persecution, Smyrna's pastor was Polycarp. Polycarp was martyred at the age of 86. 86. Polycarp was demanded by the emperor, denounce your Christ. And Polycarp said, Jesus has been good to me all these years. How could I deny him now? And they took Polycarp and put him on a pole and put brush under him, and they set the brush on fire. They burned Polycarp to death. But the first thing that happens, I've read the story, it's incredible. Polycarp gets tickled and starts laughing because they're having a hard time starting the fire. They kept trying to get the fire to start, and Polycarp just laughed. He's getting ready to go see his Jesus. He had this nervous laugh, I'm going home. And then when they got the fire going and he started burning, he's still laughing. And it makes the soldiers so angry that they take a spear and shove it in his side and the blood of Polycarp puts the fire out. There's a song about that. Did you know that? There's a song about it. Google it and you'll find it. There's a song about Polycarp and, and putting the fire out. Polycarp was a martyr. He received a martyr's crown. But did you know that you and I could receive the martyr's crown as long as we have the martyr's attitude? We can receive the martyr's crown as long as we have the martyr's spirit. James chapter 1, verse 12. Let's go there. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, testings. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of what? Crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. So the crown of life is a martyr's crown. It's a crown to those who die for Jesus Christ. And don't misunderstand me. I think Polycarp will have a crown that just blow your eyeballs out. I believe his crown would be so gorgeous that it'll burn your, burn your um, pupils of your eyes if it wasn't for you, for you being in a glorified body. I mean, it will be incredible. We're also told in the fourth chapter of Revelation that we will lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus Christ. Does that mean they stay at the feet of Jesus Christ? I don't think so. I think we do wear crowns. How could you be a king and priest? How can you be a king and not have a crown? If you go to London the London Tower, England, 
in the London Tower is crowns. Massive amounts of crowns over the thousands of years of the kingships. They had crowns, queen for the king, prince, the, the, the queen. And there's, there's one crown in that London Tower that's worth $30 million. Well, it ain't to me. As long as I can get a baseball cap, I'm okay. I mean, where'd you agree? But when I get to heaven, I don't want a baseball cap. I want a crown. Now, what takes our life from us? The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. So what kills us is sin. And notice it says in James chapter 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, tempted to sin, he shall receive a crown of life. Meaning that if you don't yield to temptation, don't yield to sin, you'll have life. You'll continue to live. You'll have a crown of life. Now, don't uh, second guess me or challenge me on this, but I do believe that God will award us not only for what we do, but for our intentions from our heart. I believe that. I believe God will reward us. You say, bless God, God knows my heart. Yeah, that's the problem. Hello? So you're making excuses. Well, God knows my heart. Yeah, and I know how you're living too. You already got much going for you. Hello? I'm preaching now. I'm not getting many amens, but I'm getting some preaching done. Now, I believe that if you have a heart for... You know, I, I'm praying that God never calls on me to die as far as losing my head at a guillotine. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that God will never put me in the place of Polycarp. I'm hoping that God will never ask me to die physically for him. But I want to live a life in such a way that I would if I was challenged. See... It, it's not just what you do, it's what you would do if you were under the circumstance. It's motives. And so I think by that, we can all receive a martyr's crown even though we're not killed. We are willing to be killed if we were called on to die physically for Christ. But I don't think our crown, crown will be even close to Polycarp's. I don't think our crown will be any, even slightly close to those who actually die the martyr's death. The crown of life. How many are excited about maybe getting the crown of life? Amen? Did you know it's possible to get all five crowns? It is. The last crown is the crown of glory. 1 Peter 5, verse 4. 1 Peter 5, Verse 4, we'll back up to verse 2 and 3 and 4. Verse Peter, if you found it, say amen. Now, I call this the preacher's crown. But did you know the pastor and the preacher, you know, you may never pastor a church like I do. You may never be an evangelist and preach like others do like Billy Graham and others preach but 
Let me explain what preaching is. To preach, if you take the P off of preach, you've got reach. And if you take the R off of reach, you've got each. And to preach is to reach each of your loved ones for Jesus Christ. Now, we need to understand that we're not all going to be pastors. But we can all grow up mature enough that we could nurture and lead others in maturity in Christ. I, I want to have this preacher's crown. I'd like to have it. If nothing else, to just show it to you that the Lord thought I did a good job. It says, feed the flock which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not by filthy lucre, that word filthy lucre is dishonest money and lucrative stuff, but be of ready mind, neither as being lords over God's inheritance, or God's heritage, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd, that means we're under shepherds, the chief shepherd is Jesus. When the chief shepherd shall appear, we shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now, we call that the pastor's crown, the preacher's crown. But I want you to understand that you can't give a cup of cold water in the name of a prophet without receiving a prophet's reward. There's nothing that you can do for the Lord that the Lord won't a million times repay you. Amen? Shoot, I'll, I'll swap my dirt for streets of gold any day. How many would do that? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll swap my persecution and, and suffering for the eternal life any day. It's not that we deserve. It's not that we earn. It's just that God is so blessed by us just taking him real in this world. Do you know it's something for people to just take God real at this, in this world? It's something just to take God for real in this world. And so I want to have the pastor's crown. And he says, if you'll be faithful, not by constraint. He lays out something. He says, first of all, the, the shepherd of the flock should not be in it for the money. Filthy lucre. He says, also, the shepherd of the flock should not lord over the people. He should not leave the impression that he's better than his people. He should not dictate to them what they can do and what they can't do. He's to preach the word, but he's not to hold them under his thumb and his bondage. There are preachers today that use the excuse, you've got to be under my covering. And if you won't obey me, then you're not under my covering. I'm sorry, but I could care less about his covering. I've got the covering of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hello. In fact, my covering is just big enough to cover me. Hello. And I, and I, I want to share the good news of Christ. But he says, don't, don't put people under constraint. Don't threaten them. Well, you got to do this, this, and this, and this, or you're going to hell. Don't threaten them. Don't say, well, if you leave my church, you're not going to make heaven. You're going to go to hell. And there are preachers that use attitudes like that, name of their church, the spirit of their church, and they lord over God's people. 
And they try to keep people in their congregation by constraint. Or they try to keep people under their control by threatenings. The gospel should never be used except to threaten people of eternal life, you know, the eternal hell and the judgment. The gospel should never be used to control people's lives. It should be used to point and guide people to Jesus Christ. I want that crown of glory. I want it to shine. Amen? You know, the beautiful thing about these crowns, you don't have to sit all day and shine them up. Isn't that good? You won't have to sit around and shine them up all day. Golden crowns, they're incredible crowns, amazing crowns. In fact, the Bible says in the book of Daniel, the last chapter of the book of Daniel, that if you're wise, you're soul winners, you, you lead others to Christ, that your new glorified body will shine like the stars of heaven. So the more we do for God, the more we, we glow. Hello? The, the, the same principle is true. The more we do for God, the more we glow. If you don't do anything for God, you're not really glowing. But the more you do for God, the more you glow. And the more you're going to literally grow when you get to heaven. When I say glow, I mean you'll be lit up and you'll be blessed and you'll be encouraged, you'll be strengthened. So I just want to mention these five crowns. I thought I'd preach to them and just give you an idea of the five crowns. And the truth is, you could probably get the crown of glory if you would take some people under your wing that are immature, that doesn't understand, and train them. You could probably get a crown of glory. But basically, the crown of glory is to the pastor, to the elders. But see, some of you, before I preached tonight, some of you thought, well, I'll never have a crown. But we see that the qualification of the crown was not as hard as you thought. God wants to reward his people. Um, there are many, in fact, God's going to give us um, positions in the millennial. We'll have positions in the millennial. We'll have, remember he said, I'll make you rule over many cities and some, a few cities. And we'll have things that we can do. As it says in Revelation 2 verse 10, there's a crown of life. In Revelation 2, verse 7, it says, I'll let you eat of the tree of life. It also says, you'll be able to eat of the hidden manna in Pergamos, it says. A white stone with your new name on it. You'll have a life with no burdens, the Thyatira. You'll have the morning star, the morning star, which is Jesus and the light and darkness. White raiment, new name on us. You know, that, you know I used to think, why would I want the name of God on my forehead? And I got to thinking, um, the name of God on your new glorified body will probably be the prettiest part of your glorified body, his name. Hello? And I, I look forward to the, uh, a new body with his name on my forehead. Uh, new name on us, the mark of him a pillar in the house of God. He said, I will write on him my new name. He will allow us to sup with him and he with me. Sit on God's throne as a bride 
adorned for her husband. Remember I mentioned in Revelation 4, verse 10, that they would lay their, cast their crowns before the throne? I don't see just casting crowns before the throne. I see position at the feet of Jesus. So when you get the crown, it gives you the right and the access to the very closeness of the Messiah, Jesus. You'll be able to lay your crown, cast your crown at his feet, meaning you'll have close access to the glorified, resurrected Jesus Christ. Now, someone throw dirt in the air, sackcloth and ashes, and say, well, bless God, we can get close to God anytime we want because of what Jesus Christ did. True. But I do believe the scripture is very clear in Matthew chapter 5 that if you are pure of heart, you'll be able to see the face of God. And so I think there's outward perimeters and I think everybody can have access to God, but I, I want to be really close to God. And I think the crowns will, maybe will give you the, the clout, and I don't mean power as you say, bless God, I'm bigger than you. That's not heaven. But the, the position to be there at the feet of the God of the universe, the CEO, the creator of all the universe, and cast your crowns at the feet of Jesus Christ. Isn't that beautiful? Now, some folks say, well, I don't know. I don't care about having white robes. You know, the Bible says it, it was given unto them all white robes. And we made our robes white in the blood of Jesus Christ. Let me say to you right now, the only robe in heaven is not just going to be white. I mean, there's, I mean, when you get to heaven, every closet is not going to have just white robes. Hello, God is the God of color. God is a God of magnificent creation. We'll have a robe of righteousness. We'll have a white robe. And we'll, for special occasions, we will have that white robe on. But there'll be other times we'll have robes that are not white. You say, how can you prove that? Well, look at the, the attire and the robes of the high priest in the Old Testament. They had some pretty... Pretty impressive duds they wore. Amen? Pretty impressive garments they wore. Pretty awesome garments. And so when we get to heaven, it's not just going to be black and white up there. It's not just going to be gray and everything's just gray there. It's going to be abundant in beauty, abundant in color, abundant in gorgeous power. And we'll be able to wear different robes. Our garments will be beautiful. I think we'll be so spectacular in our new bodies, we might even run around without a robe on. Because our body's going to be good. I guess that'd be skinny dipping on the, on the streets of gold. I don't know what you'd call that. But don't shake your head that way. Shake it this way. Come on now. Give me a break. It's been a long day. <laughs> We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You will die, and God will raise you from the grave, and you will be judged by God. You'll live your life, 
God will raise you from the dead and you will stand before Jesus and the question will be, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your life? God didn't put us down here just to be incredible, amazing, spectacular golfers like Joel. God didn't put us down here to be amazing, spectacular mountain climbers like Don Elliott. Hello. God, God didn't put us down here to be amazing drummers, hitting them pomegranates and making that beautiful noise like Jimmy. God didn't put us down here just to sing or just to pray or just to go to church or to just wear a nice shirt. So I like that shirt. Well, you know, I'm glad you like the shirt, but boy, let me tell you something. I'm more interested in what's underneath this shirt. I want to know that I spend my life for Jesus Christ. Now, you might be sitting in this room right now saying, well, I don't believe in believing God. Well, you will 10 seconds after you die. Well, I, 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 I'm not worried about it because, you know, I, I'm not even sure. I mean, you're preaching stuff I'm not sure about. Well, bless your heart, you're going to be sure. One of these days, you will stand before the judgment seat of Christ or worse than that, the great white throne judgment. And if you stand before the great white throne judgment, you will be cast into the lake of fire with fire and brimstone. You will be part of the lost judgment but as believers, we're part of the judgment seat of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Put on your crown of rejoicing right now. Have a spell. Have a good time. Get all ready for the things of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I think it was... I'm not sure about the name. I think it was Billy Bray or anyway, he was a Scotchman. I can't remember his name. I shouldn't even mention the name if I got it wrong. But anyway, he was a fanatic about praising God. And every time he went around, he went, whoop, praise the Lord. And every time he stepped, he'd go, whoop, praise the Lord. Whoop, praise the Lord. Whoop, praise the Lord. And everywhere he went, he'd go, whoop, praise the Lord. And they asked him, said, why are you doing that? He said, because Jesus is good. What? Praise the Lord. Well, why do you always praise the Lord? He said, because I'm saved. Washed in the blood of Jesus. What? Praise the Lord. And they asked him, what if you die and you find yourself in hell? He said, that's not going to happen. They said, no, what if you find yourself in hell? He said, I'll just walk through the fire going, what? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Whoop, praise the Lord. He says, after about five minutes of that, the devil will put me on the first train to heaven. Amen. Isn't that good? Praise the Lord. Amen. We're going to give an invitation. Josh's going to come and bring us on. We do have a board meeting here in just a little bit. We had to cut the music short because of that as well. Notice I didn't cut the preaching very short. But we got through it. Amen. We're blessed. Now you know the five crowns. 
the five crowns, and everybody could get them all, at least four of them. And uh, there's a, things that you need to concentrate on, not just that you're saved and going to heaven, but that you'll go to heaven with your hands full. Not perishable goods, but incorruptible goods. Amen? I'm going to go to heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand. We'll give an invitation for you to come and talk to the Lord. Maybe you'd like to come up here tonight and just say, my Lord, teach me and show me how to obtain the awards, the rewards, the award that you bring with you when you come. That I could stand before the judgment seat of Christ and have you have me hear your word saying, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Let me quickly say this. Not every believer is going to hear those words. Not every believer is going to hear those words, well done, because you haven't done well done. You'll still go to heaven. You'll still make it heaven, but the only thing that will be left is the foundation that you came to, the Lord Jesus Christ, but everything else will be burned. It's all going to burn. That's why we got to lay hold of gold and silver and diamonds and pearls and build on that foundation, not wood, hay, and stubble, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's build on the life of Jesus. Altars open, you come.